1: At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call
2: clickgranger.com
1: or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Derek Jeter! This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas carinante
2: Welcome on into a Thursday edition of the Yanks Go podcast. I'm Adam Weiner alongside Thomas Carinante. We're getting closer to the Christmas holiday, but are we getting closer to gifts under Yank fans' trees? We all appreciated the Aaron Judge move, but since that move went final, which was feels like ages ago and was actually a week ago, uh, we haven't gotten anything else. So is it right to complain about the lack of movement when other moves are being made throughout the league? Sure. But uh, in the grand scheme of things, a week is a week. So we will keep waiting. That means we'll keep waiting for a resolution on Carlos Rodon. We will keep waiting for a resolution in the outfield market. The Yankees want Andrew Benintendi, we've heard. But they haven't moved any closer to securing his services and are probably getting priced out of that market. So who's next? And why are the Astros butting it in? Plus, the Braves trade rumor that probably can't be, but it'd be pretty nice if it was real. And a former Yankees catcher, now done in Minnesota. Oh, and Carlos Correa signed, but uh, not with the New York Yankees, which uh, you knew that already. But he he didn't come here, and that's okay. But he didn't come here. He didn't come to the Mets either. He doesn't live in New York. He lives in San Francisco. He took Aaron Judge's money. Make sure to find us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five star review. Drop us a mailbag question. We will be more than happy to answer it. Please show up in the comments of the YouTube channel as well. We're streaming live. Mondays and Thursdays, 2 o'clock Eastern time, all week, every week. Well, all week as long as it's Monday or Thursday at 2 o'clock Eastern time. Otherwise, probably not, but all off-season long. And, uh, yeah, breaking news happens. We'll probably be here too, trying to learn as, mo- as uh, the most that we can about the current circumstances uh, ahead of the holidays. Well, you got one more show for you next week, uh, maybe two. You're going to do one on Thursday? You're do one? I don't know. We'll figure it out. But one more week before the holidays, and hopefully we'll have news to deliver. But Thomas Carinante, welcome to the show. Welcome to the podcast. How you doing? I'm good, man.
3: Um, We got to get to this Rodon rumor because uh, we have a bunch of babies out there. Yeah. uh, Things got me mad the other day. A lot of Yankees Twitterers complaining about this being a frustrating free agency or free agent chase. Um, And I'd like to know why. It was... A week? It's been a week? Has it even been a full week? I, well, I
2: I think, I mean, so we've been connected to Rodon for a while. Yeah, but, but that people. was never happening
3: until judge signed.
2: No, and we've been connected to plenty of people that we've never even talked to in recent years. Exactly. So before the judge signing, Rodon tweets were Scott Boris tweets. It was like Yankees interested in number one name on market. And it's like, all right, we'll see you in a couple of weeks because there's nothing valid here. And it was after Judge signed that Jack Curry started banging the drum, which was last Wednesday or Thursday. But either way, it's been
3: eight days. It's been a week. Um, And you knew nothing momentous was happening until Judge signed because Judge was the first and only domino for the offseason to get us properly prepped for 2023. I understand Anthony Rizzo came first, but he wanted to be here. It was kind of... It seemed separate from what was going on with Judge. Um, And that filled a gap for the Yankees that was much needed. Veteran voice, they got him at the price point they wanted. They kept their starting first baseman, who was clearly an asset the last year and a half. So um, that had nothing to do with what was happening with Judge. Any other free agent, any other trade at this point was never coming until the $360 million dropped so the Yankees could have a look at their financial situation over the next few years. The Yankees could either their options with what they have in the farm system and determine whether or not they want to part with some prospects and get stronger in the shorter term to maximize Aaron Judge's window. But to suggest that the talks with Carlos Rodon are frustrating just means you don't get it. Because this is a very nuanced free agent case. He's a, he's a Scott Boris client. That already makes it as complicated as it's ever going to get. Um, we've heard a lot of the discourse about how Boris clients um, have been avoided sometimes in the draft when it comes down to a 50-50 pick between a Boris client and another player because they don't want to deal with everything that comes with um, the Boris baggage. So first of all, you have that. And the negotiations there are always going to be complicated unless you offer, unless you're the Rangers and you say, you know what? Fuck it. $500 million for Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. Scott, take your money. Enjoy. Um, We want to get on with this quickly. The Yankees aren't in that luxurious of a situation because they're pressed up against the luxury tax thresholds. And because Rodon, who, while a great pitcher, doesn't have the track record to warrant a two hundred million dollar contract, might he deserve it? Sure, I'm not one to say somebody deserves something or not, but if you're someone shelling out the money to put another really really big contract on the books, Yankees are the first team in history to have three three hundred million dollar contracts on their payroll. Rodon at two hundred million, depending on if this is a and he so the the what are the specs? Thirty million AV and or seven years two hundred plus. So you'd have to guess that's a seven-year, $210 million deal to get it to $30 million. Um, That's a lot of money for a guy who's made just 30 starts once in a season since debuting at the MLB level. It's a lot of money for a guy who's pitched over 170 innings just once in his entire career. So this was never going to be a signed, sealed, deliver situation right off the bat. You know there's negotiating to be done. You know this is probably going to have a team, a player, a vesting option, or maybe two attached to the back of it. Um, and his market is limited. So whenever the market is limited, that's when free agency takes a little bit longer because you have a cup only a few teams battling it out. They're all kind of on, on the same playing field, especially in this situation. The Yankees are leading the pack probably by far because, what was the latest rumor, Cardinals and Twins might be involved? That doesn't scare me. The Dodgers yeah. aren't paying anybody at this point. So what is what is frustrating about this?
2: Uh, I mean, Scott Boris really wants the Dodgers to pay somebody. The, the people I can't handle are the people who read every legitimate rumor in the book about Carlos Rodon, from Jack Curry to John Heyman to John Morosi, and the Yankees are in all of them. And these people still insist on being like, Cashman's going to give us Drew Smiley. Cashman's like, get ready for the next. Kepler, Drew, Smiley, I can't deal with this anymore. That's how I know you're 16. That's just how I know you're 16. Because even the, the Yankees are never uh, connected to someone this completely shy away. And that was laid bare this week too when it came out for a little bit of a leverage play that the backup option was Nathan Evaldi, who led the American League in FIP in 2021. Is uh, a bona fide postseason ace pitched the greatest relief in World Series history a few years ago? Uh, Is Nathan Evaldi my first choice for this rotation? No, that would be Carlos Rodon. Is the Yankees rotation in trouble? Not really. Not really. But they could use a horse. Luis Severino, you can't pencil in for a full season, and you hope that his injury occurs in the middle of the year, not in the playoffs. Nestor Cortez, the numbers back up reality, but at the same time, time it's probably a number three you don't really want Nestor Cortez going in game two of a playoff series getting Carlos Rodon helps tremendously getting Nathan Ivaldi also helps and I was really tired of people puking I saw a puking in a toilet gift today in response to an article we wrote about Nathan Ivaldi being the backup plan that's devoid that's divorced from reality how many times did Nathan Ivaldi kick your ass in 2020 2021 and 2022 seriously how many times how many Red Sox, Native body games did you walk into where he just buzzsawed you and you still think that's a toilet puke option? You people are insane. Uh, how many of you wanted to pay Carlos Rodon, Show of hands. How many people wanted to pay Carlos Rodon $200 million at the start of the offseason? How about at the start of the 2022 offseason? Last offseason. Anybody want to pay him $200 million? No. Does he want $200 million because this is a bloated environment for contracts for everyone except Tyler Anderson? yes. He's going to ask for it. The Yankees don't have to give it to him, and because that's his ask, and because the Yankees seem reticent to offer it, that also doesn't mean that people are butting in on their territory yet, per se. Like you said, who's in the market? And I am not guaranteeing. I, I am not guaranteeing the Yankees get Carlos Rodon. They might get outbid, or they might retract their offer because they might be nowhere close to seven and two ten. They might be nowhere near the asking price. We don't know. But who's competing? The St. Louis Cardinals have been involved but their athletic beat reporter, Katie Wu, yesterday said they are not interested. Okay, team off the board. The San Francisco Giants were interested. They had a lot of money to burn. They had Rodon last year. Seemed like they loved having him. He finished in the top 10 in the Cy Young race. I'd want him back. They signed Ross Stripling and Sean Manaya and claimed they weren't out on him after Mania. Then they signed a sixth starter in Ross Stripling and claimed they weren't out on him then. And then they signed Carlos Correa. So they signed their big ticket edition, and they have six current starters. I don't think they're in on Rodon. And also, I didn't really see anybody say they were, except for Susan Slusser, who just said they were interested, which Susan Slusser was also involved in the arson judge situation. Uh, maybe all of this is coming from one person who started the arson judge situation, and that is Scott Boris. Anyway, uh, the Dodgers. Are the Dodgers in? John Morosi yesterday said he sees this coming down to the Yankees and Dodgers. Well, the Dodgers signed Noah Sinderguards. And while I don't love the Dodgers rotation, they're not interested in long-term commitments right now. They would, would they even offer Rodon like a four-year commitment? And if they would, is that something his camp wants? Probably not because he'll be 34 at the end of that. And no one's giving him a multi-year commitment beyond two years once he's 34. That's why they're trying to squeeze years out here. So I'll eat crow if the Dodgers sign Rodon as their seventh starter on a 3-year deal. I will eat crow if that happens. They're still waiting out Trevor Bauer's money. They have a rotation that is lacking a Walker Bueller at the front of it, but it's Julio Rios, Clayton Kershaw, uh Dustin May is back, Cindergard, Tony Gonsolin, there's a lot and Ryan Pepio and Gavin Stone and Bobby Miller. There's a lot of pitchers in LA. I don't think this is LA's year, but there's a lot of guys filling out that rotation which leaves the Yankees and I guess the Texas Rangers, if you think they're crazy, which they might be, and the San Diego Padres, who are definitely crazy, but the Rangers and Padres are not connected to Rodon at all. It's the Yankees and Twins. The Twins have the money. The Twins have the money, especially after losing out on Correa. They had $285 million year mark for Carlos Correa. They could go after Dansby Swanson. They could go after Rodon. They have never signed a pitcher to a contract Featuring more than $20 million uh, as a Twins beat writer wrote yesterday. So could the Yankees get outbid by the Twins? Sure. I guess. Uh, Rumor has it that Rodon wants to be a Yankee. I think if the Yankees come close to the Twins, he probably prefers the Yankees. I don't think Brian Cashman is bidding against himself. And you know who's in New York at Citi Field today welcoming Brandon Nimmo back to the Mets is uh, Carlos Rodon's agent, Scott Boris. So he's in town. I don't know if Hal Steinbrenner is in Florida. I don't know where anybody is, but I know Scott Boris is on our time zone right now, not California. Uh, SNY published video of Scott Boris. You can see that. He's here. Uh, so I think the Yankees want to get this done. There is now only one major domino still on the board. It's Rodon. Uh, Correa has signed. There's there's nobody left. Uh, but does, does he have as much leverage as Camp wanted? Not really. Because, again, it's down to the Yankees and Twins. The Twins wanted him last offseason reportedly met with him and he didn't want to go there. So it's on the, it's on the Yankees to make a, a, an offer. And and John Heyman said, there's a sizable gap the other day. It's on the Yankees to come close get in the ballpark. But it also seems like the Yankees are waiting for Scott Boris and Scott Boris is waiting for the Yankees. So they're not going to bid against themselves. They're going to bid when they have to. And feels like this is dragging on forever because the Jack Curry rumors felt so legit. And I'm with, I'm with everybody. It does feel like it's been a while since we heard that, but it's been a week. It's, it's, it's been a week. You might have to wait longer than a week for the leverage play.
3: And most frustrating free agent case is a crazy thing to say. There have been many off seasons over the last five years in which the Yankees were linked to somebody that we loved or actually reportedly were getting deeper into talks with players that we loved and nothing even ever happened. This is the closest we've been, honestly, I think, in recent years to a star-free agent where, A, we're getting, I think, the clearest information possible. B, it's coming from all the right places, so you know it's legit and it's not a leverage play by Boris or um, somebody just being fed the wrong info like we just saw at the winter meetings with Judge and the Giants. Um, The Yankees have been in many of these situations where they are used as leverage play and it gets the fans excited and then it's all for naught this time around. It's a limited market. The Yankees are seemingly leading the way they're going to have their way because of the circumstances right now. And you can't blame them for doing that, especially after the money they invested in judge and Rizzo and they brought Tommy Kainley back. So it's just going to be a little bit more calculated. That's all. Um, there's other holes to fill though, left field what's going on there. I don't give a shit about any of these trade options. Um, Adam knows a bunch more about them. Uh, we're talking to the diamondbacks about these guys, uh, I don't know. I just don't know. The only one I do know is Dalton Varsho, who is good. Pretty good. I don't know why the Diamondbacks would trade him. You look at the Diamondbacks. I was looking at their payroll the other day. They got a pretty good team. They got a pretty damn good, like, not not yeah. really good, but they have building blocks here. They got uh Kettle Marte, who's still a good baseball player. Mm-hmm. Um, rotation with Merrill Kelly and Zach Gowan. I think that's a Pretty damn good one, too, for a team that's not really great. Madison Bumgarner's still there. Do I think he's good? No. Do I think it's a solid guy to have as maybe a, uh, a, a veteran presence and someone who has the experience uh, performing in higher leverage situations and in this division? Yeah, I, I think that's pretty good. Um, and then they have all these other guys who are fine. Christian Walker, I, don't, I know he didn't have that great of a year last year, but overall he's been solid. Um, so I don't understand why the, some of these names have come up, especially Varsho. But what frustrated me about this was just why I looked into it more is because now the Astros have gotten in on it and supposedly they're targeting Varsho, who is the number one option out of this crop of players who you would prefer to play left field for you. So, um, last year, uh, he had 27 bombs, 74 RBI, 16 stolen bases, Um, and, uh, he played left, uh, I'm sorry. He played right and center. Um, and he was a pretty, pretty good defender. Um, I is putting him in left. The answer, I don't know. He's only played, it it looks like 20 career games there. So it'd be a classic mix and match for the Yankees again, where they're acquiring somebody who's not playing the position they're most comfortable at, but in the same breath, I can't have the Astros get this guy just on principle. If we're linked to them and the Astros jump in, that's where my blood starts to boil. Can't do it.
1: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.
2: you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call click com,
1: or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done.
0: It would
2: just be a, you wonder where I wrote about this and, and talked about how it's like in the walking dead when a zombie shows up like two cities over, it's like, why are the Astros even talking to the diamondbacks about outfielders? Like, We're desperate to fill a left field spot. The Astros are not. The Astros have all the talent in the world. The Astros have endless, like, creative player outfielders. Chaz McCormick, where's Jake Myers going to go if not left field? We're the ones who have a vacancy, and suddenly the Astros are like, yeah, we want Dalton Varsho, too. It's like, oh, fuck you. Also, (laughs) when, when you're looking at the Diamondbacks outfielders, Varsho is the one who is outside of Corbin Carroll, who's going to be starting for the Diamondbacks next year. Varsho is the highest pedigreed top prospect and the one where when you look at the depth chart, you're like, well, they're not going to trade him. Alec Thomas is sort of the Aaron Hicks of the group, like top prospect ripped through the minors, but struggled last year in a fairly large sample size, like 350 at bats. He he wasn't great. Uh, He's one who I think could go Varsho kind of felt locked in. Mm. I thought, Uh, but then of course, he's available when the Astros come calling like I I was considering him a, a long shot option. But then the Astros want him in. Oh, great. Yeah, we'll open up the coffers. Dalton Varsho is available all of a sudden. Uh, it Dalton Varsho is a confusing one, too. Uh, I'm pulling up his stat cast as we speak because, uh, like the other Diamondbacks outfielders, uh, the, the numbers don't totally match the the metrics. Varsho is 26. He's a spectacular defender, uh, according to you know anecdotal evidence and recordable evidence. But like you said, uh, not a not a left fielder, really. A great center fielder, and, and we could throw him in there, but 99th percentile in outs above average, 99, 97th percentile in outfielder jump, 69 in sprint speed. Uh, but he hit 27 bombs last year, 745 OPS, nothing grand about that. And the average exit velocity just in the 25th percentile, hard hit in the 25th percentile too. So he's sort of a defensive wizard, who hits bombs, but I think the there might be some home run regression there. Um, but I like Dalton Varsho a lot. I don't want the Astros to get him. Uh, Jake McCarthy feels
3: like the most one on ones. My manager said, "So what do you see?" Ooh, uh, feels like the most realistic. Baseball reference has these new fucking ads. We got to get them to stop it.
2: Thank God that wasn't me. Is was a beautiful woman speaking. Uh, it's a it's old. a woman
3: from Fidelity trying to sell me on investing with Fidelity. That's the you baseball get, reference market. You gotta get
2: you gotta get uh, the guy who caught the Aaron Judge sixty second home run ball there in to compete with her Fisher in Investments is that it Fisher Investments guy, Yeah. VP at Fisher. And by the way, that guy was offered three million dollars for his baseball set. Head no, for auction right now, topping out at one plan. I'm not telling you where to invest your money, but I am specifically telling you don't invest it with Corey Yowmans. This is an anti I ad. This is an ad on the asshole. Who took Aaron Judge's home run ball? Notice how Judge got 60 and 61. And then this guy said, I'm taking it to auction. And then the auction said, No, you're not. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Jake McCarthy. Jake McCarthy, the numbers are good. You know, eight homers, 43 RBI last year, 283 average, 342 OBP, 769, a higher OPS than Dalton Farshow, 98th percentile sprint speed. But sadly, that's where it ends. The bluest. Stat cast page you'll ever see, 20th average exit velocity, 42nd max, 16, 16th percentile hard hit percentage, twenty-six XBOBA, XBA, finally you're in the 53rd percentile. You cross half court, but he doesn't walk, 27%, strikes out a lot, 46th percentile. There's really nothing to like there. And then also, just in the overarching narrative sense of the word, yeah, it seems like an interesting trade candidate. Max Kepler doesn't do anything for me, but this sort of mystery man who's super fast, who hit 280 last year, you can be on that in a vacuum. I uh, Just look me, just do the easiest test of all. Look me in the eyes and I tell you, you, you ask me who the Yankees, ask me who the Yankees starting right fielder is next year. Ask me.
3: Who's the Yankees starting right fielder?
2: Oh, it's Aaron Judge. Now ask me who the starting left fielder is. Aaron Hicks. It's Jake McCarthy. If it's Jake McCarthy, does that excite you? Like, is that that's how the Yankees are completing the puzzle? Bader Judge Jake McCarthy, who who is getting squeezed out by the Arizona Diamondbacks. We have to be higher than this. And I know it's hard, but yeah, I, agree. I would I understand the conversation, but I prefer Jake McCarthy to Max Kepler, which is not a big win. You know who I prefer to all these people? Michael Brantley, Andrew yep. Benintendi, Michael Conforto. Yeah, Just just pass the threshold if you have to, and you probably don't even have to to sign most of those people. So name recognition, the Yankees are close to contention. The Yankees are in a fourth-place team trying out potential pieces who could help them down the line. The Red Sox should trade.
3: The Yankees should not. <laughs> the only reason I could see why trading for Jake McCarthy would be appealing is because he's, he brings a different element. He's got some speed. He can hit for contact. Um, Then again, we tried that with IKF and nobody really liked that. Um, Then again, he was put out of position. So there's a lot of shit. There's a lot of shit to, to parse through when you're looking at the, the left field situation specifically, because the trade market's weird this year. There's no one really available. And, the people who are available, you're like, eh. And then the people you have to push to make available, it's like I'm not giving you all that for one or two years of a player than to have to pay them a shitload of money this soon after. So it's slim pickings. What's what's my preference? Uh, it's probably to just sign the best guy. Um, uh, the 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 way to do it will be to get rid of salary elsewhere. I don't know how possible that is, but there's a lot of time left. I know the winter meetings pass and that's usually the heaviest lifting of the off season. But I think also we forget that that's where the markets come into focus. The discussions materialize a little bit more. And then we have a better idea. Remember the holidays are coming up. You have to think some of these people are checking out and saying, you know what? Talk to you in 2023. I wrote everything down in my handy dandy notebook. My coffee getter has all the uh, stuff on the iPad. We'll figure it out when we get there. Um, Speaking of the trade market and things that don't make sense, um, i got to talk about this real quickly. Um, Wrote about it on Yanks Go Yard. Very weird thing on MLB Network Hot Stove. Jim Callis popped on there. He's he's the prospect guy, Um, also analyst. I I think he gets some inside info. Um, He told people at MLB Network and the fans viewing that, we should, quote, not be surprised if Max Freed was traded this offseason, that the Atlanta Braves would trade Max Freed, who finished runner-up in the Cy Young Award, who won a gold glove, who was an all-star for the first time, who is essentially as close to an ace as you could possibly get without being called an ace. Now... Why was the reason for this? He said that the Braves payroll is beginning to escalate. They have all these other guys that they signed to extensions, you know, within the next year or two, they're going to be making a little bit more money. They have a guy like Charlie Morton making 20 million next year, which is kind of dumb. They still have Marcelo's. Marcelo Zune is still there, right? He's got like one more year or something. Yes. So, um, yeah. So either way, it's not a prohibitive financial situation. So you look at the financial situation and you're like, okay, this isn't that bad. And then you look at Freed's salary, who's going into his second year of arbitration eligibility. He's projected to make between 12 and 13 million this year. That is absolutely nothing for a number two starting pitcher. Have you seen the contracts for these people? Jamison Tyone just got 17 and a half million a year. Taiwan Walker got 18 million a year. Max Freed is you'd rather you take Max Freed 20 times out of 20 in your rotation over either of those guys. So you're telling me that the Braves are going to consider trading Max Fried when, one, they already have their core settled. They have all their young guys under contract. Even um, Ozzie Albies and Ronald Acuna are not going away anytime soon, and you would take them on your team even if they're not performing to full capacity, especially at the salaries that they're at. Um, two, so on that point, before I get to two, is what are you trading for more prospects for? when you don't need prospects because a all your best ones are at the mlb level and two now you can start developing tier two for whenever that next time comes next point is 12 13 million dollars for one of the best pitchers in or maybe on uh, on in a given year the best pitcher in the national league is nothing trading that would be ab- an absolute massive oversight by any team um And then three, why would they trade him to another contender? Dodgers fans seemed excited about this for a minute, too, because Freed's from L.A. The Braves have no reason to trade Max Freed to a direct competitor in the NL, which is the Dodgers, which, you know, they have seen – they've been meeting in the playoffs a a decent amount over these last few years, and it's very reasonable to expect that they're going to continue doing that over the next four or five years. And then – If you view yourself as a true World Series contender, why would you trade him to the second best team in the American League to potentially face him in the World Series when you don't, when you, again, you don't need to. Worst case scenario, Max Fried in year three of arbitration is going to push a $20 million salary, which again is what Charlie Morton is making this year, which he's a number four or five starter at best at this point in his career. So I don't know on what planet, this is legitimate. I don't know how Max Freed's name was plucked. If Jim Callis has the right information, then I, will, I will, will famously eat crow on here. But this makes no sense. Yankees fans should not get excited about this. This is not a backup plan to Carlos Rodon. With the amount of money it's going to cost and with the tremendous unlikelihood that the Braves would even consider this unless they were given a package of top prospects and MLB-ready talent that would help them right now and five years down the road and
2: you wrote really well about this, the Braves don't have that many vacancies. No. Like, from where, what we have, the Braves yeah.
3: any talent. In, ter- in terms of what we can give them, they don't need yeah. anything that we can give them.
2: No, they don't. I mean, they have Vaughn Grissom at short if they, they don't sign to Swanson. Yeah. So we could debate Oswald Peraza versus Vaughn Grissom. But the problem with Vaughn Grissom in the eyes of Braves fans is that he's a prospect starting on opening day. And so you give them Oswald Praz, that doesn't change that. Yeah, You give them Glaber Torres, it's a downgrade from Ozzie Albies, from the other guys in the middle infield. Jason Dominguez is a complete wild card, and yeah, they'd take him. But this would have to be like Jason Dominguez and a really impressive secondary piece who makes a lot of sense. The Yankees don't have those pitchers anymore. They have Austin Wells, who's positionless. The Braves just got Sean Murphy, the best defensive catcher in baseball. They don't want him. I I don't really even need to use our time to talk through why this is not viable. Jim Callis was very sure of himself. Not sure why, but if you'd asked me, I guess two months ago is 2022 all-star William Contreras going to get traded as basically just the unused appendage in a three-team trade to allow the Braves to get Sean Murphy. I would have said that probably wouldn't have happened either. And I'm surprised that it did. Uh, He's probably, a 30 homer-ish bat if you give him full-time DH run and the Milwaukee Brewers intend to do that and didn't seem like, I don't know, the prospect package that went the other way for Sean Murphy wasn't that impressive. Did we really need to sweeten it with the Brewers' ninth best prospect? And all of this was kind of confusing. So the only thing you can really say is, well, William Contreras didn't take the extension, the, the tiny money, the small little money pile where the Braves try to underpay their young players like Michael Harris, like William Contreras didn't take it and he's gone. So maybe Max free doesn't want to take it either. And, and that's why he's, you know, also on the way out. We, I don't know. Uh, I don't know folks. Um, But it, it was refuted pretty quickly. Jim Callis is the only one saying this. Uh, I don't know if Jim Callis is a close friend. I think baseball America, uh, the offices are in Georgia. So maybe Jim Callis is a Georgia alum. Why I know that, but I do. Uh, So (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Sorry, guys. He's an MLB.com too, right now, MLB Pipeline. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I have no idea who he's connected to that would know that Max Fried was on the chopping block, but it doesn't make much sense for the Yankees. Doesn't make much sense for the Dodgers, who also want LA native Max Fried on their team. I, I, I couldn't, I, I can't envision it. I don't see it happening.
3: and you wait 2 years you just pay him if you really want. I think it would be absolutely insane if the Braves are con- considering trading him because he's not accepting one of these one of these little shitty lifetime cost effective contracts. You Everybody
2: have have- else does though funny. Like why nobody you know, else is denying these? Everybody wants to be a Brave for 8 years at 90 million? Okay.
3: It's just crazy because you have to have one or two guys on your team that are not signed under lifetime deals for bargain prices so if this is how the braves are going to do business then uh, i think they've gone too far in the other direction i think what they've been doing is great smart smart moves to get guys locked up you don't sweat the arbitration process maybe you buy out a couple years of free agency or you get them under contract for ostensibly their entire career but now to start ostracizing people because they're not taking the your below-market deals that everybody knows are below-market. Everybody knows it. In the, in the manner in which the free agency has gone and the trajectory of some of these players is going to eventually pan out to be, these are below-market deals. And hey, props to Michael Harris, guaranteed himself $72 million. Props to Spencer Strider, guaranteed himself $75 million. I'd probably do the same thing after... 20 or 60 MLB games where they're like, Hey, you want a shitload of money? And I'd be like, well, you know, if I wait six years, I could probably make triple this, but like, what if I just don't wait? And then I just make a ton of money that I can still live comfortably with. So either way, if the Braves are going to conduct business strictly in this manner, they've made a giant mistake. Speaking of giant mistakes, Mm. let's get to it. Minnesota twins making moves. So that's why Rodon is actually could be a possibility, but their latest move, they signed maybe the guy we hate the most in modern-day modern day Red Sox baseball. I mean, I think it's for me. Uh, Christian Vasquez is now a Minnesota twin, three-year deal, $30 million contract. I think it's a good deal for both sides, if we're being honest. Uh, Vasquez, for as much as I dislike him and his face, um, he's a solid all-around catcher. Uh, he brings the energy, um, even though I hate it. Uh, great agitator to have on your squad, um, does the proper work on both sides of the ball, good deal. Anyway, what is this signal? This signals that the Twins are done with Gary Sanchez after one year. What also does this signal? Well, the signal's already been there, right? The Donaldson IKF for Geo and Gary trade was an absolute atrocity. What does this only further confirm? If the Twins were willing to give up on Gary Sanchez after this season, which is what the Yankees were going to do anyway, then for the life of me, I cannot understand why Gary Sanchez simply was just not non-tendered last offseason. The Yankees would have freed up $9 million and then they could have went about their business to figure things out. Instead they insisted on getting some sort of value for Gary Sanchez, even if that meant Putting an extra twenty million on the payroll, which is and which is what they ended up. It wasn't twenty million. Donaldson was making twenty-five, ICAP was making four, so that's twenty-nine. Gio was making six. Gary was they put an extra $14, $15 million on the payroll when yeah. they could have just subtracted nine. For two players who they were okay. Donaldson was a solid power hitter. Um and someone who created problems with the Yankees the year before, a uh, 36-year-old, I don't know on what planet you're paying 25 plus million dollars for a 36-year-old unless it's a depreciating mega contract for someone like Aaron Judge or Manny Machado or Trey Turner or Carlos Correa or all these other guys that we saw or it's a really good frontline starting pitcher who is making, you know, the 30 to 40 million range that we've been seeing. So at the time you questioned it. As time went on, we had no idea it would be this bad. I think that there is a world in which this trade doesn't end up looking as bad if Donaldson performs to 60% of his capacity last year and if IKF was used properly. But fact of the matter is none of that happened. So in the end, instead of just cutting bait with Gary Sanchez last year, a team such as the Twins – Star for talent, hard to recruit top talent, as we've seen. Um, They made a competitive offer for Carlos Correa, and it it didn't work. The Giants offered more. The Giants are also a more premier destination. Um, They are done with Gary Sanchez. So if they are done with Gary Sanchez, I simply ask, why couldn't we have just been done with Gary Sanchez last year without having to do all this shit?
2: I wonder. Gary Sanchez, legend of the game, uh, bat first. Uh, the catching profile just didn't advance over the years the defense didn't follow uh, but the yankees were insane to get rid of a bat the level of gary sanchez right uh, there's you're gonna get somebody more valuable than that and just wait till the breakout season and you know and a smart team will split his duties behind the plate dh to maximize that incredible bat gary sanchez last year in minnesota as a dh catcher 89 ops plus below league average, offensively, offense only. Not talking about his catching skills whatsoever. 659 OPS, worth 0.9 war. That's Joey Gallo numbers. 16 bombs, 205 average. The next team to get him this offseason will be the third. Looking to unlock him. Hope it's not the Red Sox. Could be the Red Sox. Just don't want to see that. Don't want him to be a part of my day-to-day. Don't want to be thinking about him 13 times a year. And yeah, the Red Sox live a little rent-free in my head. I check their scores when we're not playing them. So I'd be paying attention to Gary Sanchez if he were there. Hope he goes elsewhere. Hope the Red Sox roll with Connor Wong and uh, Reese McGuire. Don't dabble in the Gary Sanchez waters, but... The Twins got one year with Gary to say, all right, let's unlock the bat. Let's take catching out of his repertoire, basically. Let's have him focus elsewhere. The one year goes by, he's below average offensively, and they go, eh, we're going to replace you with a two-time world champion, Christian Vasquez. Makes sense. Makes all the sense in the world. I don't know what Gary's market is. I've heard nothing. Uh, I think, can the Yankee fans who were uh, advocating for Gary as he left, can they finally raise their hands and, and agree that, the tenure was disappointing, and there might not be much there anymore. Can we can we finally just agree on that?
3: It would be nice. Um, I I just I, every t- it's just it's <laughs> crazy. It's uh, my brain just breaks every time I have to think about this. We sat here in 2020. We were like, you know what? Just non-tender him in the off-season. Give him one more chance. Okay, 2021. We'll see what he could do. Okay. It was bad. Just non-tender him now. We'll be, uh, we'll be done with it. Okay. Trade him and inherit 14 million extra dollars for whatever. Anyway, if you guys want to not laugh at the Yankees expense, we could quickly laugh at the Red Sox expense um, because hmm. the corresponding move that they just made for Masataki Yoshida, the Japanese outfielder that they supposedly massively overpaid for if you're to believe a number of scouts who spoke with ESPN at the time of the signing, he was posted Signed within 24 hours when he had 45 days to sign. So the Red Sox jumped the gun there, gave him hundred or paid in totality, $105 million with the posting fee. Um, the corresponding move to put him on the roster was designating Jeter Downs for assignment. Jeter Downs was the top prospect from the Mookie Betts trade. So if you look at the Mookie Betts trade now, it's aged very well for the Red Sox. They got Alex Verdugo, who's been completely average. They've got Jeter Downs, who is n- maybe no longer going to be on the team. And they got Connor Wong, who is a backup catcher at best. So that seemed to have gone well for them. Um, Hey, they got a draft pick for Xander Bogarts leaving. So that's good. Um, So look at that. They replaced replaced Jeter Downs with the draft pick they're going to get for Xander Bogarts. Not bad, Boston. Not bad.
2: Look at that. Jeter Downs homered off Garrett Cole this year, too. A lot of people forget that. And uh, in a game that I believe the Yankees won 14-3. So... And a hanger hat on that. Uh, that was a pretty good A.B. Jeter Downs also had a huge hit against the Yankees in extra innings in the stupid, stupid game they lost at Fenway that started their downward slide. But you know what? The Red Sox didn't make the playoffs. Yankees made the ALCS. The Yankees brought back their homegrown superstar Aaron Judge long-term. Red Sox trade Mookie Betts and Linsander Bogarts to the Padres. And now everybody knows Rafael Devers is getting a $380 million deal. And uh, everyone also knows he's not getting it in Boston. And if he does, that's also very funny because they probably lost themselves $190 million by not, not doing that earlier, you'd have to think, right? Again.
3: just keep And weren't they
2: going to trade Alex Verdugo this offseason? Yeah, that was, an, that was another...
3: That? Yeah, that was, that was another... Uh, it was a discussion among Red Sox beat writers. Uh, I think because Alex Cora said after the season that Verdugo is one of the guys who like kind of needs to step up um, and wasn't, I guess, bringing enough to the table. So at that point, Heimbloom might have been wondering, like, okay, do we have to completely retool? You maybe talk to the coaching staff. You're like, is this guy really capable of taking it to the next level if you're calling him out in front of the media after the year ended, after we had one of the most disappointing seasons in recent memory? um, You tell me. I don't know. But, yeah, seems like things are going well over there.
2: You tell me things are going, are they going better in New York? I guess a little bit. Aaron judge is here long-term uh, still holes on the roster, still holes in the payroll. And the New York Mets are now a team that people use when they want to get their client front and center and get them more money. How quickly did these San Francisco giants pay Carlos Correa uh, less than two hours after reporters that Steve Cohen was checking in on Correa and, uh, you know, Francisco Lindor was going to the front office asking for Christmas gifts uh, and, and all these things saying, you know, I want my friend to play third base next to me. All of a sudden, the Giants shell out their $350 million for Correa. So the Yankees have a ways to go. Before they're the leverage play again. And that's another reason you know that the Rodon stuff is legit. Uh, Liam in the comments is disappointed the Yankees didn't sign Correa, Turner, or Bogarts. It's a missing piece in the lineup. I mean, me too, objectively. But... You, you can't hope that the Yankees are going to go from where they've been to being Steve Cohen in one offseason. Like, and, and if they're going to do that, if they're going to go to the $350 million payroll range and pay $70 million in luxury tax, they're not going to do it in a position they believe in. I wanted Xander Bogarts, quite frankly. But it, at that price, I didn't want Xander Bogarts. That would be fun revenge on the Red Sox, but $280 million for revenge and an 11-year commitment, you can't beat that. Yankees have room at third base. Sure, they do. Can't deny sure. that. They do have – they have Glaver, They have DJ. They have Volpe. They have Barraza. They have Oswaldo. They have Rizzo. They have Josh Donaldson, technically, who I don't want. But they have. They do have him. Uh, so without getting rid of him, eating all that money, which you're not going to be able to pawn that money off on anybody else, it was pretty unrealistic, I think, to expect the Yankees to sign any of those three people, especially Correa, who ended up getting – uh, I thought he was going to get 10,350. He ended up getting 13, 350. so the AAV is a little bit lower, 26.92. At some point, that maybe has to stop, too. The thing where people just lower the AAV by adding extra years onto the contracts until people are 46 and won't be playing Major League Baseball anymore. I feel like someone's going to nudge Rob Manford on that soon and be like, uh, did you realize that most of the contracts given out last offseason were lies? And then he's going to have to address it. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, I, I wish the Yankees had Carlos Correa, too, or one of those top shortstops. I'm not that much of a believer in Trey Turner. I don't know. The speed is going to decrease over a year. The defense is a problem already. Trey came to October. He he was the guy that you all say John Carlos Stanton is. Can't hit big-time playoff pitching. Like, he, he didn't hit him at all. He didn't, he didn't hit him. So, I don't know. Not a big Trey Turner guy, but is, is there anyone who's gone this offseason that you're really upset about not getting and not putting on the roster? Not really for me.
3: No. Really, no. I i, I think it was – Judge would have been disappointing, and I think if you – depends what you wanted to pay. Did you want to pay Verlander all that money? I wouldn't have been opposed to it. Um, I, I, did, I I wouldn't have paid Jacob DeGrom all that money. Um, no. I mean, I would if I was – a. Gajillionaire, I would totally do it. I'm not doing it if I'm a Yankees fan, knowing that, A, you look you look at some of these deals and you're like, this isn't going to work. Why are we even going to do it? It's like with Ivaldi as the backup plan for Rodon. Is Ivaldi good? Yeah, Ivaldi is, is a very good number three pitcher, in my opinion. Is he going to work out in New York? No, he's, he's simply not. The fun part of making that deal would be to just further kick the Red Sox while they're down. Any other thing that you're expecting from it is is just a wash. You know, you know some of these signings just will not pan out in the Bronx. The way that the Yankees got rid of him the first time around just doesn't really – they let him go when he was having Tommy John. Just not great, not good vibes. You don't want to bring that back. I thought he was DFA'd and then traded, and then I learned that he was just cut, just see ya. So yeah the
2: Rays, the Rays pulled a Dodgers a Blake Trinan with him, right? They gave him the extra year yeah. uh, for the rehab and then and then he came back and he was immediately very good. of course he was and then he went to Boston where he boom won the World Series. So very cool, that was a cool year boom. 2018 I remember it well. Um, we're also being asked if we think they're going to be able to trade Donaldson and Hicks. I mean Hicks Hicks is more likely. Donaldson it's only one. Year. I don't know who's surrendering assets for one year of a ton of money of Josh Donaldson. Yankees are going to have to, if the Yankees are going to trade Donaldson, they're going to have to attach a way too good prospect to him and pay like $20 million. I'm looking at the diamondbacks just because they're looking at Evan Longoria and it does make me go like, all right. I mean, D- Donaldson seems like a comparable hitter at this point, not the same kind of guy. Uh, you know, it's, I think Evan Longoria is a better humanitarian, but if, if a team is looking at Evan Longoria and a team like the Marlins is looking at Justin Turner, then I'm looking at them for Josh Donaldson a little bit, but again, the eagles are going to have to pay $18, $19 million to make that happen, and they're going to have to trade Trey Sweeney or Luis Heal or some actually valuable asset. So I think you just might have to bite it this year, but that that's me.
3: Bite it. Uh, yeah, I think Hicks is more likely to just because he's a switch hitter. He could play a couple of outfield positions. The $10 A V AAV is really not bad. It's bad no. for in the situation we have, cause it's excess on the books. But if you're a team in need of a veteran who gets on base and can solve some defensive alignment issues for you in a pinch and do it fairly above average, but nothing spectacular. But yeah, I think that's, I think there's value in that. Um, especially if he's put in the right lineup, you never know. Um, didn't work out in New York. Might work out elsewhere. You know how that goes Too classic stuff.
2: Yeah, get him out of New York, get him closer to the golf course, Scottsdale, beautiful Arizona. Uh, yeah, Aaron Hicks' career probably is not over, but I think his time in New York probably should be. That is it. That's it for this edition of the Ink School Yard podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Drop us those five star reviews and mailbag questions if you have a chance. And please drop by the stream. Leave questions in the chat, comment as you go. And please subscribe to the channel. Uh, not begging we're excited the numbers are growing we love it we'd love to get to uh a thousand by opening day how about that come uh, on right now uh, right now we're in the high, high 300s we love it we love being there but we've got a whole offseason season get to a thousand so why don't you get us there join us mondays and thursdays two o'clock eastern time uh for a conversation about the latest in new york yankees baseball and new york yankees rumors and a little hatred of the boston red sox uh until monday at o'clock eastern uh you can find Find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib, Thomas Carinante. Where can the people find you?
3: At Tommy's underscore takes. You can find both of us on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. Our bylines are at YanksGoYard.com. Um, we already got weekend content planned because that's how we roll, dude. There's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of timeless stuff. We're obviously going to be around if real things happen in real time. So we'll have to update things, push some stuff back. We'll give you some good content for next week and over the holidays. But until we talk to you next, head on over there, read some content, enjoy yourselves, have a good weekend. See you on Monday.
2: Oh, and also, remember how I said Scott New York? he was this morning. He's already in Boston for the Masataki Yoshida press conference. So uh, I guess it's totally the environment, dude. Yeah, this guy. This guy is a jet setter. Maybe he comes back to New York tonight. Maybe he goes to Tampa where House Runner is. I don't know, but he's in Boston. So sorry about that. Anyway, uh, we'll see you on Monday. Bye, everybody.